Luke chapter 10, uh, verses 41 and verse 42, the last part of our lesson text reads, And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. This morning, very briefly, we're going to talk about a clash of temperaments. A clash of temperaments. You may be seated. Now make a note because a temperament is the manner in which an individual thinks, behave, or react in general. We all have temperaments. It's the, the way that we think. It's the way that we behave. It's the way that we act. So sometimes there is a clash of temperaments. Uh, in looking at our lesson text this morning, it reminded me of some situations I had when I was in corporate America. Uh, there was one thing that I always enjoyed uh, supervising a lot of people and also uh, having this done on myself as well uh, was evaluation time. See, a lot of people look at evaluation time as a negative, but evaluation time should never be looked at as a negative if it's done right. Uh, but the way that a lot of people look at it negatively because they see it as a time to uh, s drop your stamp collection, to cash in your stamps. See, if you have been going around all year, whether you're the supervisor or whether you're the person that's being evaluated, if you've been going around all year collecting stamps and now it's time for the evaluation, you come, you come in and now you're going to cash in all of your negative stamps. The evaluation time was never meant for that. See, uh, evaluation is, should be done throughout the year, especially when problems come up. You should be able to talk about problems. Uh, but also, uh, you should be able to you know, discuss these things. See, all evaluations must be done based on some kind of standard. If a supervisor, someone calls you in, and they don't have a job description to base your, your actions on, then that is a subjective evaluation. You need to get up and get out of there because you don't want nobody just shooting from the hip. Uh, if you should have, any person working, a job should have an approved evaluation. And when you come in for an for an evaluation, you should have an approved job description. So when you come in for, to be evaluated, that person should look at your job descriptions, and by the way, which, which describe your major duties and your minor duties. And you should spend most of your time dealing in major duties and not minor duties. The reason I'm telling you this because uh, there are too many people that go to work. They do good things, but it ain't in the job description. You understand? They're busy all day working, 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 but it ain't in the job description. Oh, I'm doing a good job, but that ain't what we hired you to do. You, you, you know, that, that, you know so, so, the, so, so then um, if there is no point of reference in your evaluation, 
you get up and get out of there. You know, uh, I went in for an evaluation with a supervisor that was angry with the world one time. He went and uh, hired me and brought me into the engineering department. Well, he knew I wasn't an engineer, but he brought me in the engineering department of the gas company. And we were the ones that would design the mains and run the mains and do all this engineering work. I was working with the engineers. I was doing a good job. Me and the engineers, we would go to lunch, discuss everything. But when it came to my evaluation, everybody got a big raise, but he wouldn't give me the big raise because he said, you're not an engineer. I said, well, I tell you what, I'm not going to sign that evaluation, but I want you to do something for me. I want you to go and look up the term constructive validity. And tomorrow, I want you to come back so you and I can talk. Constructive validity came from a, a lawsuit that went all the way to the Supreme Court where the police said, in order for you to be a policeman, you got to be six feet tall. Well, they proved in this case that people that was five feet six could do the work of a policeman. So the thing about a policeman being six feet tall then had nothing to do with people entering into becoming a policeman. So anyway, he, he came back, he said, I looked it up, and now you got the same raise that the engineers got. You, you, you see, too many times we're busy doing things that we wasn't hired to do. So, so, so that makes our job performance in the negative. Too many marriages. Folks are doing things that's not pleasing to their wife. Amen. Every now and then, you have to ask your wife, is she satisfied? <laughs> See, I'm going to tell you something. Y'all wake up and write this down. <laughs> Satisfaction drives dedication, and dedication drives commitment. Y'all got that? The only thing you got to work on is satisfaction. You ain't got to work on them. If, if they're satisfied, they're going to be dedicated. If they're dedicated, you're going to find commitment. But you see, too many folks try to be committed and got satisfaction on the end. You, you, you got to walk through the house every now and then. I have to walk through the house every now and then and say, Evelyn, how am I doing? Am I doing all right? Y'all better hear me now. Because we got too many ball and chain marriages. Marriages that say we together because we got a mortgage. Us together because we got children. We got bills so we can't separate. Oh, no. It don't work that way. You better be in it because you satisfying your partner. And if y'all want to talk more about satisfaction, call me during the week. I, I, can, I can run some things down to you. But anyway, I, I had lunch. With a good friend of mine, y'all know Tom Mallon, he's a, a CEO of a company, this guy's a millionaire, and me and him was having lunch one day, so he said, uh, and he's contributed to our church quite a bit, Tom Mallon, and uh, he says, uh, I told him I had to hurry up because I had to go to track meet for my son, this was my son, was in high school, my daughter, uh, and uh, I already had told him about my daughter was a competition cheerleader, so I had been to her stuff, so he said, you know what, he said, I was talking to my son. And I had one question to ask him because there's so much distance between us. He said, I, he asked his son, what could I have done to become a better daddy? His son said, well, the main thing you could have done, you could have been here 
He said, you could have been there at that ballpark when I played ball. He said, you, 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 you could have been there when I needed you on Sunday instead of sitting at your laptop getting ready to go out of town preparing all your big time reports to go places. You could have been out there throwing a ball with me or something like that. You, you could have put a little skin in the game becoming a daddy. You gave us this beautiful home and all this money and all of that, but we never had you. There's too many folk that are in relationships but not putting any skin in the game in the relationships. So, 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 so when there is no input into the relationship, there is going to be a clash of temperaments. Now let me just show you, tell you one more thing because people come to me a lot for marriage counseling and they want to say, what is the main reason folk break up? Is it finance? No. It's false expectations. People getting into relationship expecting things that they don't get. That is the biggest cause of divorce in our country. And you can wake up and write that down. Today, I would teach that in order to look at a situation, we need to have a point of reference. We need to have some guidance in what we do. Uh, a clash of temperament. Uh, our outline this morning first would be talking about a clash of temperaments. That's going to come from verse 38 and 39. Uh, wrong type of kindness is going to come from verse 40. And the great difficulties in life would come from verses 41 through 42. First of all, let's take a look at our lesson text because there is a clash of temperaments. First of all, we have to realize where Jesus was going. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem to die. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem to die. So he needed to find him a place to rest. And you see, you know when, you, when, I, when, I, when I teach this lesson or preach this sermon, First of all, let me help you to understand about the clash. Because the clash doesn't mean that it's going to always be bad. I first want to say that because I'm not telling you that one type of person is better than the other type. I'm telling you that God loves them all. Uh, but there's a wrong type of kindness that we may show. See, some people are naturally drawn to being active, to doing things, running around. Uh, and then there are some people who are naturally drawn to quietness, to being alone and, and being by themselves and, and, and talking about prayer and meditation. Uh, the people who are devoted to quietness sometimes may try to look down on other folk that, that's running around doing stuff. But, but I wanted to clear that up before I got into this thing because an uh, 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 introverted person is a person that looks inward. But an extroverted person is a people person. Now, uh, sometimes I can be both. And uh, there are a lot of people that can be both. But I'm, I just want you to know before I get into this sermon that God loves the introvert. God loves the extrovert. There's nothing wrong with either one of them. But I wanted you to know that. I don't want you to go home, go home and say, uh, uh, Pastor Shannon said, uh, if you're this way, then he doesn't, you know, you shouldn't be. No, that ain't what I'm saying. And as we say down south, that's how lies get out. 
that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that we have to know how to apply situations. So now, let's get back to my sermon. The wrong type of kindness. Jesus, on his way to Jerusalem to die, going to Jerusalem with this inner battle in his, in his inner self, thinking about how he's going to have to be separated from the Father, thinking about facing that cross, thinking about giving up his will to God's will. Jesus said, I need a place. I need some quiet time. I need a place to go to rest. I, I need an oasis. And he thought about his two friends, Martha and Mary. So, 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 so Jesus turns off to go into Bethany, and he goes into Bethany, and immediately he walks into the house, and Martha gets busy. She gets busy cooking, cleaning up, preparing this big meal, and maybe even calling some folk over and all that kind of stuff. She was doing all of this stuff, but, but Jesus, that ain't what I need. You're being kind. You're doing a lot of good things, but... I don't, I don't need that right now. All I need now is some peace and quiet. And, and see, Mary understood that. that that's, that's why, you know, in, in our lesson text, it, it talks about, it says, and now it came to, to pass as they went that entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard the word. So, 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 so Mary understood. She, she knew what Jesus is needed, and, and then she came and she sat at, at Jesus' feet, and, and she ministered to Jesus. Jesus didn't need all that stuff that, 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 that Martha was doing. All he wanted was a simple meal and some quiet time. And, and, and see, that's what I'm saying. See, sometimes we can do the wrong things and think we are doing it for the right reasons. You know, you, you, know, you know, sometimes, you know, we are too busy doing what we want to do and not looking into the hearts of the person that needs you to minister to them. We're, oh, yeah, here comes Jesus. I, I know what I'm going to do for him. I'm going to put this big meal. I'm going to call up a few friends, and we're going to sit down, and Jesus is going to teach us a lesson. No. Every now and then, even Jesus needed some time to reflect some time to talk, some quiet time to think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but, but here's where the rubber meets the road. You know, Martha, uh, but Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, doest thou not care that my sister had left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she should help. Not only did she have a bad attitude, but now she goes, now, now pay attention how bold she gets. Not only did she condemn her sister, but she now goes to instruct Jesus. She goes now to instruct Jesus as to what to do. Listen, Jesus. Listen up. I'm running this thing. Y'all know how it is. Listen up. My sister's wrong. She should be helping me. Now, now, Jesus, you go tell her. To stop sitting there with you. You go tell her to come here and do and help serve with me. We got all these people coming. 
Go get her, Jesus. Can we get bold? With our own agenda, with our own desires, with our own selfish agenda, we can get bold enough to tell Jesus what to do. Hello, y'all. Y'all mighty quiet on. Bold enough to tell Jesus. And she say, sick of Jesus. <laughs> we had a dog when we was growing up. Anybody walk by a house, we say, sick him. <laughs> she gonna put Jesus on, on Mary. But, but, but then see, that's what caused Jesus to have to rebuke her. And Jesus had to rebuke her because of this attitude of, of, of not being grateful, this attitude of passing on your own agenda. And, and, and see, the thing about hating folk, you can't go around hating folk. You can't go around having that attitude of hate and not forgiveness. See, 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 see even trying to be kind, Martha got filled with hate, condemning her own sister and trying to reprimand Jesus because she wanted to have her way. Oh, y'all know how it is. Folk, folk can kill somebody and stand on their grave just to get their way. Y'all know I'm right. Telling Jesus what to do. Things ain't going my way, Jesus. I want you to go and get her. And so now Jesus has to go and reprimand Martha because she's gotten out of line. And there's too many times when we don't look at the job description, when we don't have a point of reference, when we are doing things that we want to do and not what God wants us to do, we can get out of line. And every now and then, God has to put us back in line. God has to reprimand us. God has to let us know that he's in charge and this is about his will and not your will. And if you're going to be in the God's kingdom, you got to come under his will. And you see there's only two kind of will. There's man's will and there's God's will. But if you're going to be in the kingdom of God, you got to be in God's will. Oh, y'all hear me this morning. Oh, this may not be a sermon that you can shout on, but I'm shouting right now. I just want you to know. You, you got to be about God's will. If we were about God's will, we wouldn't have so many problems in the church. We got too many will folk. This is my will. I want this done. Get them, Jesus. Well, I stopped by here to let you know this morning, Jesus ain't in the getting business. That's why he had to reprimand Martha. And that's what he does in verse 41 and 42. Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha. He, he calls her name twice because he wants to make sure she hears this. Because now, now, now every time you reprimand somebody, that don't mean that you, you, you hate them. You know, it's just like your children. You have to reprimand them because you got to get them back in line. He said, Martha, I want you to hear me. He said, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But those are not the things that I want. Those are not the things that I need. Now, 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 why would I come home and my wife done cooked all these Brussels sprouts and liver? I don't like that. <laughs> I don't eat Brussels sprouts and liver. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go somewhere else. <laughs> now, if she had some fish and mashed potatoes, Sister Foster, me and her be. <laughs> 
but, but, but now don't, don't come with no Brussels sprouts and liver for me. She may have been cooking all day, but I don't like that stuff. Y'all, y'all know I'm right. I mean, too many times we are doing things in the church that ain't going to help nobody. We are doing things in the church that we want to do, that not that God wants you to do. Because like I said last week, you ain't prayed over it. See, when we pray over it, God dispatches his angels and his paracletus, and he would guide you and lead you, and he would lead you around the pitfalls of not doing things and lead you around the, the thing of learning how to talk to people in a respectful way where you won't get out of line because you ain't, they ain't meeting your agenda. Too many agendas in the church, but there's not but one agenda, and that's God's agenda. Oh, y'all, y'all, amen, Pastor. And Jesus answered and said, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part, that which shall not be taken away. He said, listen, you're not going to take this away from Mary. The thing that she is doing and praying and meditating and listening to my word, this is what I need right now. I need her to be with me. And I'm going through something right now. I'm troubled deep down in my inner person. I need her to be with me. I need her to be here with me so I can have some reflections. I don't need no big gathering. I don't need no big meal. I don't need a big crowd right now. I need some downtime. Reprimanded up had to put her back in her place. The great difficulties in life is so often we want to be kind to people in our own way. We want to do things that are kind, but we want to do them in our own way. We, we, we want to go to people with our own agenda. They taught us when we visited people in the hospital to go in and don't go in with our own agenda. Go in and find out how they are doing. Don't go in, you know, trying to minister to folks in the hospital like you want to minister to them, reading the charts and thinking. Go in and ask them how they're doing and how they're doing compared to what? Don't stay too long because when folks are sick in the hospital, they got to go to the bathroom. And now you are been there sitting there praying for 30 minutes. Folks got surgical gas and all kind of stuff. I'm just saying. We have to learn how to listen. We have to learn how to give people what they need. Mary had this attitude of worship and meditation. Listening with an open mind and hearing the heart of God. Let me close. I got a navigation system in my van. The man at Honda said that it's the navigation system that they got from the Navy. See, the Navy used to use this navigation system to navigate ships and aircraft. Oh, it's a good system. I just want you to know that it'll find something if it's on earth, I'm telling you. So so every now and then, it's so good, I I, want to mess with it. You know, you know, I want to mess with it just to see how good it is, you know. So, so, so uh, sometimes, you know, when I'm driving, like my wife and I was driving and she was talking to me, we was coming back from Davenport. I missed my turn. You know, you know, sometimes when you miss your turn, the navigation system said, I already told you. 
and, and every time when you miss your turn, you know, like, like, well, like one time we was coming from Memphis, and I was going to get on uh, uh, 55 going north, and we left Memphis, and uh, no, yeah, 55, and I shot and missed it, and the sign ended up saying Little Rock. I know, I know we had gone too far, but my navigation system, you know, it's something about that navigation system when you done mess up. The first thing it'll do when you don't follow its direction, it's going to shut down. It's going to stop talking to you for a little while. It's gonna just going to say nothing. And then all of a sudden, it's going to say, recalculating. And I don't care how far lost you're going. They told me the other day, go north. I said, I'm just going to see how good this thing. I'm going to go straight west. So me going straight west on North Avenue, all of a sudden, it say recalculating, and then it stopped me going the wrong way. And it say, I got your back. Although you're going the wrong way, I've recalculated, and I can get you where you're going, even from your wrong, rebellious ways. I want you to know this morning, you may have gone the wrong way. Jesus met a lady at the well that had had five husbands. That's the only woman in the Bible that he told that he was the Messiah. I just want you to know that, that, that you may have gone the wrong way. Your life may need to be recalculated, but I just want you to know that my God got a navigation system that's out of this world. No matter where you're going, no matter how far you've fallen, no matter what you've done, no matter how many lies you've told, no matter how much money you've stolen, no matter what you've done, everything, God say, I got your back. I can meet you at your point a lostness. I can recalculate your life. I can redirect you in the right direction. Amen. Are you out there? That navigation system may say, you're not following directions. You're not following the job description that I've laid out for you, but I can tell you now how to get home. God said, I know you messed up, but I still can get you into my kingdom. Now all you got to do is listen to me. You got to turn around. You got to go down the street called love. Hallelujah. <laughs> I ain't going to go that way. <laughs> but, but, but you got to turn around, and you got to follow the directions that I will give you. you. You got to stop trying to do it your way. You stop trying to recommend judging folk. You got to stop doing all that way. God said, I can redirect this thing. I can recalculate this thing, but it's got to be good to the potter. I can reshape you and mold you, but I can only do that that is good for the potter. Are you out there this morning? Are you lost? The doors of the church are open. God wants to recalculate your life. No matter how rebellious you've been, no matter if you've told you to go north and you've gone west, no matter how bad you've messed up, he's saying, I got this. He said, Martha, leave Mary alone. She's doing what I want her to do. You know, say leave her alone. Are you out there this morning? If you don't have a job description to be a Christian, I got one for you. Do justice and love mercy and walk humbly with the Lord. That's the job description of every Christian. Are you out there? God is calling you this morning. You can come by letter, you can come by Christian experience. You can come right now to turn your life over to Christ. No matter how far you have gone, God can turn you around. He can recalculate your destination. 
And I'm talking about a destination. I'm not talking about no number or no building where you live. I'm talking about where you're going to spend eternity. If you call God Father, your home is in heaven and your identity is in eternity. I'm talking about a God that I serve. Your assignment here on earth is temporary. I want you to know that. Some of you got more days behind you than you got in front of you. I want you to know that. And you know, time to be messing up. God is calling you. How long are you going to be caught between two opinions? You've tried everything else. Why don't you try Jesus? Let us stand.